Right, we were discussing uh, last week the Gemara, which in a few places addresses the issue, but it seems to bring a machlek as whether or not mitzvah striches kavana, mitzvah saying striches kavana. In order to fulfill a mitzvah, does a person have to have intent to fulfill the mitzvah, to fulfill the ratzon of Hakadosh Baruch Hu? Does he not have to have that concentration in mind as he's performing the mitzvah? He can fulfill the mitzvah even without kavana. This is a machlek as it appears in a number of sugas, and it. Uh, uh, comes out in Misa as two views that are cited over here by the Shulchan Aruch, just to review for a second, in Simon Samach Sif Dawid. Yesh Oimim, Shein Mitzvah Tzrichas Kavana, Yesh Oimim, Shetzrichas Kavana. Two views here in the Shulchan Aruch, the Mitzvah Tzrichas Kavana, Vein Tzrichas Kavana. The Shulchan Aruch seems to conclude, Vechein Halacha, the Mitzvah Tzrichas Kavana. However, the Mishnah Brewer there, and we saw it last time, cites the name of the Radvaz, that we should perhaps distinguish between Mitzvahs that are Deiraisa versus Mitzvahs that are Midrabana. Mitzvahs that are Midrabana, so the Kavana is crucial is uh, essential and indispensable. If a person fulfilled the Mitzvah Midrash without Kavana, he would have to go back and do it again. Uh, whereas as opposed to a Mitzvah Midrash if a person fulfilled without Kavana, perhaps he could be say even without Kavana. Um, why should we distinguish between Mitzvah Midrash and Mitzvah Midrash? What fundamental distinction should, you know, should there be between them? All Mitzvahs should probably be in the same bucket. So Rabbi Kiva Eger suggests that perhaps the distinction is uh, because we're really unresolved on this matter. It's really considered to be a, a kind of Sveika Dedina. We're not sure whether we pass a Mitzvah Srikas Kavana or Mitzvah Zain Srikas Kavana. And therefore, we, with regards to Mitzvah that are Midday Raisa, if a person did it without Kavana, we'd be chayshish for the view that Mitzvah Srikas Kavana, you have to go back and do it again. With regards to Mitzvah that are Midrabanan, we could say Safi Dirabanan Lukula. Um, and if you performed it without Kavana, so then you don't necessarily have to go back and do it again. For that reason, it emerges that if a person forgot to have Kavana when he was performing a Mitzvah Midday Raisa, and that Mitzvah Midday Raisa comes together with a Bracha, so you, then if a person goes back and does it again, you would do it without the bracha, because brachas are typically midrabanan, the mitzvah uh, might be midrabanan, so let's say a tekiah shoifer, so it might be midrabanan, if you didn't have proper kavana, so you're going to blow shoifer again, but you would do so this time, um, you would do so this time without the bracha. It's for that reason, by the way, that the Shulchan Aruch tells us in Sefirah Sa'imer, I have to get, get ready also for Sefirah Sa'imer, that if a person asks you what night of the Sefirah it is, and you're not prepared necessarily to count Sefirah Sa'imer, you didn't say you were Yichud yet, so then, um, if you do say what night of Sirah it is, so the Shulchan Aruch is Cheshesh, maybe you already fulfilled the mitzvah, and therefore when you go back and count uh, properly, you should do so without a bracha. Why should you do so without a bracha? Because we're Cheshesh for the view um, that maybe mitzvahs ain't Shirech Kavana when you were um, informing your friend what night of the Sefirah was, even though you didn't have a chance to fulfill the mitzvah, perhaps you fulfilled it, you know, without, without realizing it. But with regards, so, so, okay, so go back and do it again, but you wouldn't go back and do it again with the bracha, because we would say, Safek, brachas, lekula. So that's what uh, emerged as a kind of a sveik of the dina, and for that reason we find this distinction between mitzvahs that are midaraisa versus mitzvahs that are midarabana. And it goes without saying that obviously it's ideal for a person to have kavana. We quoted last time in the Gemara Masechus the Dharma, say, Dvaram Mushem Po'alam, a person should, when he does mitzvahs, he should have in mind HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It, you know, it, it's such a compelling argument that, uh, you know, the whole purpose of mitzvahs is to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu. One should have in mind uh, that he's serving the Rebbe Shalom as he's doing the mitzvahs. So whether we pass the mitzvahs, Shrikas Kavanah, Mitzvahs, Ain Shrikas Kavanah, the Mishnah Bura, according to the name of the Rajbah and the Ran, that of course, ideally, it would be best if a person would have Kavanah. We're only discussing a situation, or the whole Machlux only exists if a person didn't have it, but the other. But obviously, you all would agree that a person should have kavana. And with regards to mitzvahs midaraisa, it's uh, indispensable. Person performed it without kavana, go back and do it again. With regards to mitzvahs midarabana, we say selfie midarabana will cool. You don't have to go back and do it again, but obviously, it would be ideal. Um, what is considered though to be kavana in order to be yaitse? Obviously, you have to have in mind to be yaitse. Um, the uh, you have to have a mind to be yaitse the mitzvah. So that led Rabchayim, we saw last time, to suggest that if a person doesn't concentrate throughout Tfilo the entire time that he plans on serving a Kaddish Baruch Hu, 
even forget about the meaning of the words and all that. And other kavanas that are possible. He doesn't even have, you know, if, if he loses concentration from the fact that he's serving a Kaddish Baruch and standing before the Rebbeinu Shalom Tefillah, then he's not Yoytei Tefillah. Because according to the view that Mitzvah Tzrich has Kavana, you have to continuously think throughout the Mitzvah that you're serving HaKadosh Baruch Hu and you're fulfilling the Mitzvah. And if you lose the concentration for that, um, so then you're not in fulfillment of the Mitzvah according to the Mandiyama Mitzvah Tzrich has Kavana. However, the Chazanish disagreed because we saw a Gemara Baba Basra. The Gemara said in Baba Basra there are three things that everybody struggles with uh, on a daily basis. One of them is Iyun Tfila, concentrating during Tfila is always a struggle, is always a battle. So says the Chazanish, but if that's something the Gemara tells in Baba Basra, is always a struggle, is always a battle. So then, what it turns out that half the time, or more, more than half the time, we're not, we don't have, uh, we, we aren't in fulfillment of the mitzvah at all, according to the view that mitzvah Sri Kavana. So that led the Chazanish to conclude in his Gilyanis and the Chaim that if a person has Yediya Keha, if he has a, you know, a kind of general awareness that he's performing the mitzvah, that would be good enough, even according to the view that mitzvah Sri Kavana. The fact that if you, you know, would tap me on the shoulder and ask, dude, what are you doing now? And I would say, I'm davening. You know, you interrupt my daydreaming, I'm thinking about other things. But you, I would tell you, I'm davening. So then, that, that's good enough, even for the view that Mitzvah Sri Kavana would be better for a person to be more engaged, right, and focusing on what's, what's happening, and even perhaps pay Rosh but even if it's just Yediyakeah, that he's in Shul and he's happening now, that's good enough. And we saw the Mishnah Brewer quite a high other that had a similar perspective, that uh, if a person is in Shul and there's circumstantial evidence around you that, you know, that, that it's clear that you intend to perform the Mitzvah, that kind of Yediyakeah would be good enough. But since... We have, we kind of are, are holding the stick at both ends. We have, we, we're not sure whether we pass a mitzvah, trichas kavana, mitzvah, saying trichas kavana. It's important to understand the parameters of each view. So last time we talked a little bit about, you know, we tried to understand the view that mitzvah ain't trichas kavana. And we talked about two perspectives in the Rishonim. The one view was the Ra'ah. The Ra'ah's perspective was that according to the view that mitzvahs ain't Srikas Kavana, the whole mitzvah is really just the raw activity. Kavana doesn't play a role at all. So much so that the Ra'ah was prepared to argue that even if a person is screaming that they don't want to perform a mitzvah as they're doing it, um, so they have kavana hefechius, they have, you know, kavana to undermine. I mean, they're, they're saying, I don't, they're refusing the mitzvah. Um, it's under duress, it's under coercion. Say, I don't want to serve a Kaddish Baruch Hu with this act. You're still in fulfillment of the mitzvah despite your intentions. That was uh, how he learned pshat. Kafova, ocho, matzah, the Gemara said. You force you, they stick food down your throat, the matzah, you're still in fulfillment of the mitzvah of matzah. He understood the whole mitzvah was just the activity. However, Rav Rishonim disagreed with the Ra'ah. We might be chayshish for the Ra'ah, but Rav Rishonim disagreed with the Ra'ah. We saw last time the Ra'an and Taisas. Their view was that even according to the Mandiyam and Mitzvah's ancient Chiz Kavana, of course Kavana plays a role. Of course Kavana plays a role. Just it's implied. Not by the circumstantial evidence of I'm standing in shul. Anytime you do a mitzvah activity, we assume that you have in mind Kavana. Forget about the circumstantial evidence. That might be good enough for the view that Mitzvah Srikas Kavana. But even according to the view that Mitzvah Zayn Srikas Kavana, anytime you do an activity of a mitzvah, we're going to fill in the blank for you, you know, that, uh, that, that it's, it's Ke'ilu you had Kavana. The Ran brought a, uh, 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 a similar situation which he felt was, was analogous, which was Karbonus. That if a person dedicates an animal to be a Karbon Chatos, so, and then he brings the animals a carbon, even if he doesn't have in mind chatas at the time, stama lishma is considered to be the random, you know, the bland activity is considered to be lishma, and over here also, we would say uh, stama lishma. For that reason, Rav Rishayim argued that if a person has kavana not to be yoytzei, so then he's not yoytzei. The kavana is implied, is understood. If you argue, you don't have kavana, you refuse a mitzvah, oh, kavana does play a role, and therefore, it's just normally implied. We normally fill in the blank for you. If you fill in the blank with you know, N-A, you know, or TBD, I'm not interested, so then, so then uh, you would not be in fulfillment of the mitzvah, even according to the view that mitzvah is 
By the same token, the Ran argued if a person is fulfilling one mitzvah and has in mind a different mitzvah, that's ki'ilu, as if he has in mind not to fulfill this mitzvah, and therefore one mitzvah boxes out the other mitzvah. If you have in mind one mitzvah, so then you will not be in fulfillment of a second mitzvah. Fine, that was what we talked about last time, how to understand the view that mitzvahs ain't shrikhis kavana. However, how do we understand shot in the view that mitzvahs shrikhis kavana? Mitzvahs shrikhis kavana. What role does kavana play? And just to put it in practical terms, just two, two questions. Number one, when, according to the view that mitzvah strich is kavana, is it a, enough that I have kavana that I'm doing a mitzvah? Or does a person have to have in mind that mitzvah in particular that he's about to perform? Nafkamina, Allah chalamaisa. A person's coming to parasha zohar. So, mitzvah midaraisa according to many rishayim. So, is it good enough? The person's in shul. He clearly has a mind to fulfill mitzvahs. You know, he might have known before, right? Uh, you know, so the fact that he's in shul, and you ask him, what are you in shul for? And he's here for Parsha Zohar. That might be good enough, right? The Yediyah Keah, he knows why he's here in shul, right? <laughs> but let's say he doesn't even aware of Parsha Zohar. He comes to shul, he plans to hear Kriyas HaTarah like he does every week. We're going to read Parsha Zohar. Now, he always has a mind to fulfill Kriyas HaTarah. Kriyas HaTarah is a mitzvah too. Davening is a mitzvah too. Does he have to know that on the laundry list of mitzvahs that he's going to fulfill today will be Parsha Zohar? Is it good enough that he comes as a good Jew who wants to serve Hashem? Is Stam the intention to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu good enough? According to the view of the mitzvahs we have to have in mind this specific mitzvah. Now, I, I, I suggested, alluded to last time, it seems to me from the Gemara Masechtas Psachim, it sounds like you have to have in mind that specific mitzvah. The Gemara is talking about you were using for karpas the same vegetable you're going to use for moror. So the Gemara says, even though you use the vegetable you're going to use for moror, you used it for karpas, you have to go back and eat moror again. You're not yoyzeh with the karpas. So the Gemara said, you see from here that mitzvah strich is kavana, because you ate that same vegetable already for karpas. If you had in mind karpas, you never mind moror, so you're not yoyzeh moror. Must be that you see mitzvah strich is kavana. Must be you see the mitzvah strich is kavana. Then the Gemara says, no, it's not necessarily true. Maybe mitzvahs uh, ain't shrikas kavana. So then why can't I fulfill more when I eat the karpas? Because Chazal established two dippings. They established two separate parts of the Seder. You can't, um, you can't double them up. They're supposed to be two dippings. The karpas is a mitzvah of the night. and more is a separate mitzvah of the night. And you can't, you can't mix the two. So it sounds like from this Gemara that even though I had kavana when I ate the karpas to do what I was supposed to do, right, to go through the Seder properly, I'm not in fulfillment of the mitzvah more when I eat the karpas. Why not? I- I'm here as I'm a good Jew. I'm doing what I'm supposed to. It sounds I have stam kavana to serve a Kaddish Baruch Hu. So it sounds like, no, the reason why you're not yoytzei more then is because you have to have in mind which mitzvah I'm about to do. And if you're here in Shul and you're here listening to Kriya Satara, it's not good enough. You have to know, I'm here to fulfill Pasha Zohar. I'm here to fulfill Moror. And even though you had in mind Karpas, according to the view of Mitzvah Shrikas Kavana, that's not good enough. You have to know which Mitzvah you're going to do, and, and Moror, you know, is not, on your, is not in your mind, and therefore you're not Yoytzei Moror. So it, it sounds to me like from that Gemara that it has to be that specific Mitzvah. One could argue that Gemara is different. That Gemara is different. One could argue that Gemara is different for two reasons. A, because you had in mind a different Mitzvah. So maybe when you have in mind a different Mitzvah, that boxes out the original Mitzvah. But I think we should say differently. I, 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 it seems to me from this Gemara that at this stage in the Gemara, the Gemara thinks karpas is not a mitzvah at all. The Gemara thinks karpas is not a mitzvah at all. It's a shtick that we do, kideshi yishalu atinoikis, but it's not a mitzvah. It's not a mitzvah. So when I have in mind karpas, I'm not having in mind a mitzvah at all. I'm having in mind to engage the children. So the Gemara asks, why are you not Yotzei Mara when you're engaging the children? In the end of the day, you ate the same vegetable you're going to use for Mara. The Gemara says, must be mitzvah striches kavana. 
must be mitzvah shichas kavana. Then the Gemara says, no, maybe lav dafka, even if mitzvah ain't shichas kavana, Chazal established two separate stages of the Seder. At that point, the Gemara then comes to the conclusion, no, this is an important stage. This is not something that could be doubled up with more because it's a separate mitzvah of the Seder. But in the Havamim of the Gemara, we didn't think it was a mitzvah. We thought it was an activity. Well, you know, it was a shtick, and it wasn't a mitzvah, and therefore when you had in mind carpets, you didn't necessarily have in mind the mitzvah. It seems to be you have to say that way. You have to say that way in the Gemara. Why? Ali and I were discussing last time, because the Kash of Yeshua Siakov, Yeshua Siakov asks, on this Gemara, how do you see mitzvah shichas kavana from this Gemara? According to the Ran, which we, we, we just mentioned a second ago, if I have in mind one mitzvah, that boxes out another mitzvah. So even according to the view that mitzvahs ain't shichas kavana, you didn't kavana, but that's because kavana is assumed. If you state, I don't have in mind Mara, I have in mind karpas, then you just boxed out Mara. So maybe, you know, the, how could the Gemara prove from the fact that I can't be Yodzi Mar with Karpas and Mitzvah Shrikas Kavana? Maybe Mitzvah ain't Shrikas Kavana, but you had in my Karpas. Karpas boxes out Mara. That's the Kasha that you should see So it seems to me that the, 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 the Kasha is based on, on an assumption that Karpas is a Mitzvah. I think at this point in the Gemara, the Gemara was assuming Karpas is Bechlal, not a Mitzvah. So that's why the Gemara has the ability to prove from here, ah, if you're not yet tomorrow with Karpas, must be because Mitzvah Shrikas Kavana. And don't tell me, no, it's because you had in mind Karpas and that box is out more. No, even according to the view that Mitzvah ain't Shrikas Kavana, no, it's because the Gemara at this point thought it's not a Mitzvah at all. So it could be the reason why you're not yet tomorrow when you use that same vegetable for Karpas is because, uh, because Karpas is Bechal, not a Mitzvah. At least that's what the Gemara thought at this point. But, Enachinami, maybe if you would have in mind Stam Mitzvah, you could be Yaitse. You could be Yaitse. You don't necessarily see from this Gemara. You have to have in mind, you have to have in mind more. However, if you look at the language of the Shulchan Aruch, Shulchan Aruch seems to imply you have to have in mind that specific mitzvah. Shulchan Aruch says over here, Oisalef, Sounds like from the language of the Shulchan Aruch, you have to have in mind that specific mitzvah. Nonetheless, the Aruch HaShulchan's view is, um, you know, the Aruch HaShulchan is more, more practically minded. You know, this is not going to be possible in many situations, you know. So the Aruch HaShulchan kind of, you know, glasses over sometimes. These things, the Aruch HaShulchan writes, No, but ain't talk l'chavim l'shei mitzvah zuo, stam l'shei mitzvah. Have a mind, serve a Kaddish Baruch That's good enough. I, I, one could have argued from the language of Shulchan Aruch, no, you have to have in mind that specific mitzvah. And I think, that's what we do on Parashat Zohar. We announce. Have in mind, Parashat Zohar. We don't say, well, everyone's here for Kriya Satayra. They're all planning on serving a Kaddish Baruch That's good enough. You have to have in mind that specific mitzvah. Is that true? Do you have to have in mind that specific mitzvah or not? What does that indicate about well, according to the view of Mitzvah Shrikas Kavana? Another chakira that the Minchas Chinuch raises with regards to the view of the Mitzvah Shrikas Kavana is do you have to express your Kavana verbally or enough machshava, uh, something that I had in mind? That's a suffix that the Minchas Chinuch raises. So it seems, uh, he seems to relate it, another Achredim related, to a Gemara Mesech Tzachim with regards to Lishma by Karbonus. The Gemara there is talking about, not Lishma actually, but by Pigol. The Gemara is talking about, it's actually in this week's parasha, um, it's a uh, Pigol that if a person has in mind when he shechs the carbon, or we'll see whether he has to express it verbally, but he has in mind or expresses verbally the fact that he plans to eat the carbon. He plans to eat it after the time. If you actually eat the carbon over till after the time, that's nicer, it's a separate thing. But if you intend when you shechs it, to eat it at chutzlus man or violate any one of the other regulations of how the carbon is supposed to be brought, the carbon is possible from the very beginning, from the get-go, before you ever get started, the carbon is possible. That's what's known as pigol. So the Gemara here is talking about carbon Pesach. A carbon Pesach, of course, can only be eaten by those who have a brismigo. If you don't have a brismigo, you can't eat a carbon Pesach. So let's say a person is shafting the carbon Pesach for those who have a brismigo. But instead, he says, for those who do not have a brismigo. Um... Why would he say for those who do not have a bris Because he intends to shaft it for both. So 
So if you shecht it for both, for those who do have a bris for those who don't have a bris the carbon's not possible because you're shechting it for a group of people that can't actually eat the carbon. So if he's planning on shechting it, lemulin ularelim. I guess he's not aware of the halacha that a RL can't eat a carbon pesach. So he was shechting it for a large group. Some are, are you know, have migah, some don't have migah. Um, and uh, the Gemara says he said for those, um, for the arelim, I guess he mentioned them by name, for those who have bris he didn't mention by name, he just thought about them. He just thought about them. Yeah. So the Gemara asks, is that considered to, or the Gemara discusses, is that considered to be pigo or not? So he said one thing in his mind, he, said, he, he thought one thing in his mind, he said something else, um, he expressed something else. So a mayor's view is, that's pigo. That's pigo. Because in the end of the, set, he, in the, end of the day, he said Aregum. Even though he meant Lamulam also, for those who have Brismila. And if you have those who have Brismila included in this larger group, the carbon would be kosher. So he could save it by what he has in his mind, but all he expressed was for the Yarelim, for those who don't have a Brismila. So a mayor holds, no, that's Pigo, because you, be, you require Pivalibashavim. You have to say and think the same thing, even though you thought something that would, have, uh, that would have validated the carbon, in the end of the day, you said something that invalidated the carbon. The opinion of the Rabbanan is it's okay. It's okay. It's fine, since in the end of the day, you thought for those who have a brismila, uh, that should cash the carbon. So Tysus infers from the view of a mayor that um, pigo is something that has to be expressed by pair because if it would not have to be expressed um, verbally, the fact that you thought for those who had brismila should have been good enough. What does the Gemara say? If you express, you know, that I have in mind for the arelim, so then the carbon is pigo, even though you had in mind for those who had a brismila. Well, let, let me... What, 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 why, why should it be, if all people depends on what I have in mind, the fact that I have in mind, for those who had a Brismigo, should have captured the carbon, should have validated the carbon. Must be, says Taisvis, that Pigo is something that has to be expressed verbally. It doesn't invalidate the carbon if you think Chutzl Zman or Chutzl Kaiman has to be something you say. This is something different. Bishlam was. I agree. Ah, the distinction is obvious. So Mikan, very good. You're saying good. You're saying good. Mikan, the doctor agreed. The hard carbon called Dukta Pigo, Psuba Machshav over here is Dawid. Lab Dafka, the Eno Pigo, actually Yaisa Biswasov. Even though in Chazal we find Pigo is something that's attributed to thought, it has to be something that you express verbally. Otherwise, what you thought in your mind for the Lamulim should have been good enough. It's a machshava. Th- Correct. Thought doesn't count. It's actually what you said. It's what you verbalized. Ah, that's by Nidarim and by Nazir. So, Correct. So I'm saying, so clearly, they don't go back and say, what did you think? They said, what did you say? So it really seems that what you said carries more weight. That's by Nidarim by... Yeah, you're, yeah, you're, so you're, that, that has to do with Levate Bisfasim, and that there's exactly something that has to be expressed. Here, you would have thought that this was what you have in mind. Karbanos a little bit more between you and HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Yeah, it's a little... I hear your point, but they're not necessarily the same, same requirements. Anyway, so the Rambam writes over here, the Omsu and Mikdashin disagrees with this re-enticement. No, Pico's a Machshav. The Rambam writes, Sholosh Machshav, it's ancient Pisces, it's I could have given you the whole list, but the Rambam writes, it's all Machshav, nothing has to do with speech at all. So it's a Machlech, it's Rishonim. Is Pigol something that has to be expressed verbally, or is it enough if you think it as a Machshav? This Machlech, with regards to Pigol, gives rise to a suffix that the Rosh quotes over here in Hilchah's Sefer Torah, we'll look back at Oizawad in the brackets, with regards to Lishma. Now, he's jumping topics, but he's, he's jumping from Pigo uh, and Karbanis to Lishma in creating a get, or in creating a Sefer Torah. A get has to be written for the sake of this man and this woman for the sake of divorce, and a Sefer Torah has to be written, Lishem Kedushas Hashem, but the Rosh has a suffix. Since there's a Machlech Sushen with regards to Pigo, is it, uh, it has to be expressed verbally, something that you think, so with Lishma, he's also uncertain. Is it something that has to be expressed verbally? Is it something that's good enough if you, um, if you, uh, if you think it? The truth of the matter is, and in discussing this rush, all the Achreinim talk about this topic with regards to Beagle, and many Achreinim note 
that the, there's no raya to the, to, from the Gemara Psachim to the opinion of the Ri. Why? Because the Shita Mikubetzes, of the Yom it's a Metziah, all the Rishonim discuss, uh, all the Achorinim bring up, the Shita Mikubetzes argues, as I think Rebellion was about to argue, is that the, that Gemara Psachim is something different. That Gemara Psachim is talking about where you said one thing and thought something else. Enoch it could be, people will be good enough in Machshava. But once you say Arelim, the fact that you thought Mulim, you know, for those who had Brismila, that can't kasher, that can't define what you said. Once you articulated something, everything goes on based what you verbalized. You can't now mix and match apples and oranges, that which I thought with that which I'm thinking. But, enachinami, maybe people would be good enough in Machshava, maybe Gushma would be good enough in Machshava too, by a Sefer Torah and by a Get. But in the end of the day, the Rosh has a suffix about this, and because the Rosh has this suffix, so, when writing a get, when writing a safer Torah, fixing fill-in and tzitzis, is that with anything that has to be done lishma, we try and verbalize and not just think it. The Shulchan Aruch actually is inconsistent on this matter, even in the very same simon. With regards to Hilchas Tfilin, in Simon Lama Bezov, here, Sivches, the Shulchan Aruch says, It's good to say the lishma, to verbalize it. The Mishnah Brewer therefore writes, since the language of toiv implies it's something that's that's, that's laudable, that's good, but not necessarily required. And therefore the Mishnah Brewer says, But then a few sifim later, the Shulchan Aruch says, You must say, you know, that you're writing the Shemos and you're writing the Tefillin with Shem, Kedushas Hashem. And there the Mishnah Brewer says, Even B'dyeved, it's no good. So the Mishnah Brewer is a little bit inconsistent on this, and Shulchan Aruch is a little bit inconsistent on this, and that's why it's a tumul in the Paiskim and Hilchas Gitin, it's a tumul in Hilchas Tefillin, it's a for Torah. We try and say it, but if a person didn't say it, um, it's a tumor maybe whether you guys have the evidence or not. Huh? Maybe it's different to Yibud and Kasibu. They make that as a distinction. Very good, yeah. If we were in Hilchas Sefer we talk about it, but you're right. Yeah. It's a, that's why it's a tumor in Hilchas Gittin. Should we extrapolate which sifts is the parallel for Hilchas Gittin? Yeah, it's a big, big tumor. Watch, uh, so anyway, so getting back to Mitchell Sinoch has a similar suffering with regards to Kavanah by Mitzvah. Is it something that I just think or is it something that I have to articulate verbally similar to Lishma by, you know, in these, in these situations? <coughs> What should these two issues depend upon? Do I have to have kavana for this specific mitzvah? A general kavana is good enough. Do I have to articulate the kavana? Is it enough with something with the, that I thought? It seems to me both of these issues hinge on what role kavana plays according to the view that mitzvah striches kavana. According to mitzvah saying striches kavana, so the kavana is implied unless you tell us otherwise. What about according to the view that mitzvah striches kavana? You have to actively have kavana. But what role does the kavana play? Is the act of the mitzvah considered to be an act, even in the absence of kavana? Just if you want the act to relate to you, you want it to establish a relation between you and the Kaddish Baruch and be to the mitzvah, you have to have kavana. But the taking of the lulav is the taking of the lulav, the sitting in the sukkah, sitting in sukkah, the blowing the shaifer, the blowing shaifer. But if you want it to count for a mitzvah, to establish a relation with the Baruch, you have to have kavana. Or is the fact, no, it's not called shaking lulav. It's not called sitting in the sukkah. It's not called blowing shaifer. It's like we talked about last time. It's like a corpse. It has no life to it. What gives it life is the kavana. That's what breathes life into it. So you find two different formulations in the Achreinim. I don't know how sensitive they were to this, but Rebbe Ben the Birka Shmuel writes, oh, it's Pashat, that kavana by mitzvah is not the same as Lushma by a Sefer Torah or by a Get. There, that is what creates the Cheft of the Get, creates the Cheft of the Sefer Torah. Lushma here is just to be yoyed to the mitzvah. It's a mitzvah without it, but you want to build a relationship with the Kaddish Baruch as a result. You want it to be considered your activity, you got to have Lushma. 
Reb Shlomo over here, his test says, no, no, the Pshat is not considered to be a Chefta Shalulov. It's not a Chefta Shalulov. It's not, uh, or it's not a Misa of Netilo Suhov. It's not a Misa of Yeshiva Sukkah unless a person has Kavana. So it seems to me both of these two issues revolve around this. If Kavana is just to build a relationship with the Kaddish Baruch, but the activity is an activity of a mitzvah regardless, so then have Kavana, you know, kind of general Kavana, them serving Kaddish Baruch in this activity, eh, it's good enough. It's my activity. I know I'm doing it to serve a Kaddish Baruch. Why do I have to have Kavana Parshat Zachar and get a granular level of Parshat Zachar versus Kriya Zatara? That isn't necessarily necessary. And it's not comparable to a get or to a Sefer Torah where I'm creating a new item with this Kavana. No, you're not creating anything new. It is a Lulav. It is a Sukkah. Kavana is something separate. So then maybe you don't have to articulate the Kavana. However, if Kavana is something that defines the activity according to, you know, the view that Mitzvah has Kavana, ah, then you better understand what activity you're talking about. Are you talking about Parshazach? Are you talking about Kriya Satyra in general? And then I could start to understand the comparisons. Maybe you don't necessarily have to still take it that far, but I could understand why one might argue that it has, it has to be something that you verbalize, just like you find Lishma by Sefer Torah, you find Lishma by again, the creation of again, the creation of Sefer Torah. So I could understand one, you know, going in this, in this kind of a direction. This is only talking about, though, so I understand why one might say you actually have to verbalize the kavanah that you're about to have as you perform a mitzvah, which is going to get us to the Lashem Yichud, that perhaps before the mitzvah there's an inyan to articulate the kavanah you're about to have. Of course, so the Mishnah Brewer drew a distinction, which we saw last time, between two different types of kavanah. There's the kavanah to be yoy to the mitzvah, and then there's the kavanah for what you accomplish by doing the mitzvah, either the, what, the, you know, what the meaning of the mitzvah is, what the lesson of the mitzvah is, you know, along the you know, Tabe on mitzvah side, but even according to the more Kabbalistic side, that you're fixing the world through doing mitzvahs and bridging the physical world with the spiritual world, and how each mitzvah does that in its particular way, and what that contributes to the larger picture and landscape of mitzvahs and serving Kaddish Baruch Hu. So, you know, that's a whole different, right, a whole different course than just serving, serving Kaddish Baruch Hu in general. But, if one, you know, according to the view of Mitzvah Shikas Kavana, it's something you have to articulate because it's something that defines the activity, then we see how we got led down this path that one might actually have to articulate the Kavana. And once you articulate the Kavana, maybe you would articulate all of the Kavanas that a person should have as he's performing the mitzvah. So the precedent for this idea of articulating the Kavana before you perform a mitzvah comes from the Zayar Kodesh and Parashas Tazria. Zayar tells us, anything that you do, the boy lay the lahavan kuhum lishma kadisha. Everything you do should be lishem akadish brachu. My lishma kadishu ad kare bepume. What does it mean lishem akadish brachu to mention verbally shma kadisha koma the iu avid on everything that you're about to do the kahu pochana vo yisrael leisitra acher because by doing so you distance the yitzharah the klipa from having any kind of influence. So already, based on this comment of the Zayar, that before you do any activity, it's uh, important to say that you're doing so for the sake of a Kaddish Baruch Hu, the Reish Yitzchachma, that's over here, Oisit Beis, the Talmud of Ramesh Kodavero, a contemporary of the Ariya Kaddish, this is actually the earliest source we have, Oisit Beis, that before a person performs a mitzvah, a person should say that he's doing so He's doing so in order to bridge the Kudshabricho with the Shechina, in the spiritual world, with the Shechina, Hashorah Hashkina is down here. And that's what he's attempting to accomplish with the mitzvah. The Ariya Kodesh is quoted over here in the Sharu HaKadosh as well. Gam Omar Li, Kavana Hatzdaka Vatzviva, Huli Yachid, Shem Yud Hei, Hanifrod Min Vav Hei. To unite the first two letters of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's name, which have to do with the spiritual world, uh, you know, Yismechua Shamayim, 
that's a Rashi Tevis Yud and Hey, Visogel Haaretz, the Tukune Zayar says that's, uh, you know, the Yud Hey and the Vav Hey, because Baruch's name, the Yud Hey is Yismuchu Hashemayim, that's what the spiritual, you know, realms. Visogel Haaretz is to do with, you know, how we experience and how we relate to Kodesh Baruch down here. That's bridging the Yud and the Hey together with the Vav and the Hey, the spiritual world together with the physical world. Each mitzvah does so, you know, in its own particular way. But that's the general theme of all mitzvahs is to kind of bridge the two worlds in uplifting our world and making it a spiritual environment. So the, there's an Indian to say this before doing the mitzvahs. We understand where it's coming from according to the view of the mitzvahs, but of course it takes it to a whole new level, not just articulating that you plan to fulfill the rest of the Kaddish Baruch, but all of the kavanas perhaps that are involved in doing the mitzvah. The Baal Shem Tev took this and he democratized it as Chassidus did in general with Kabbalah, and he brought it to everyone. So over here in the Baal Shem, the Baal he recommends that before you do any mitzvah, you should always say, L'shem Kuchibichu Vishkintei. By the way, this is the reason why, before benching with a zimun, it's along the same reasons why, it's the same comment in the Zayar, it's another comment in the Zayar, but the same idea, that's why before benching with a zimun, we say, Rabbi Yisayin Nevorek, or Rabbi Yisayin That's not part of the official zimun. Why do we do that? Why do we say it's not quoted in the Shulchan Aruch? The Mishnah Bruro here, Oisio Dawid, quotes in the name of the Zayar Kodesh. The Zayar is here, Loimar Befiv, Kaidan Birchas Amazon, Tunan, Kaisen Nevarech, Abayv Nevarech, or Rabbi Sayyim Ravam Benchin. There's an idea to prepare for the mitzvah before doing the mitzvah by saying Rabbi Sayyim Ravam Benchin. Meaning there's an inning to be making for the mitzvah. Uh, verbally, verbally. Where do we get such an inning from? And the Zayar HaKadosh recommends to do it before benching. Zayar HaShulchan says, Fascinating. He says it's no different than those who do Averis. If you look at the Dor HaFlogger, they said, Hava nivna let's build a tower and challenge a Kaddish Baruch Hu. Paroi said, Hava nishach meloi, before he, he you know, attempted to wipe out, annihilate the Jewish people. He articulated the plan. So before you're going to do it, you should be mechen. You so be, be mazmin yourself. So before you do a mitzvah also, it makes sense that a person should be mechen and mazmin himself, and therefore by benching, it's a, there's an Indian to do Rabbi Yisrael Mevon benching. Why do we only find it by benching? So Rechashokhan already explains, because by benching we don't find uh, the whole mitzvah is just a bracha. So we'll get to that in a second. But so benching might be a different um, case, but we do find the precedent, at least with regards to benching. Th- th- that was the custom of Lushay Nikud and where it comes from, and we see what's motivating it, you know, what Why the impulse is. Huh? Why is it only commonly accepted? Uh, 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 we'll get to it in a second, yeah. The Nehuda yeah, is going to flesh it out. That's the Iker Zimon. Rabbi Simon Benchin is not part of this, so you just want to quiet the room. So you go like this. No, there's an Indian. There's an Indian. Alpida Zoya to say Rabbi Sanevarech. It's a. It, it became a, like a, a hachana for the mitzvah. It's an official thing. It's not just tapping on a. You know, you get a different people will just tap on a, a glass with a knife. You know, eh, that's not good enough. It has to be. Yeah, the Nevi Yehuda though, who of course is 1700s in Prague. Um, this custom of saying Hashem became very popular in his time. He was also, of course, at the dawn of Chassidus, so understand that that's what's going on in the background. But the Nehuda Behuda was asked by a Talmud. This is it's such a lesson in so many different things. But the Nehuda Behuda was asked by a Talmud, or a person who lived in his community in Prague, Asher Shah ben Nusach Hashem He asked about what the proper Nusach is. So the Nehuda Behuda, my first rule of the rabbinate is, second rule of the rabbinate, uh-huh. First rule of the rabbinate is no one is above the clock. That's the first rule. Second rule, I'm about to go overtime, but that's the uh, f- first rule. Second rule is that you never answer a question you weren't asked. Uh, if no one asked, then don't bother answering it. Uh, they're obviously not interesting. The Nehuda did not follow that rule. The Nehuda was functioning you know, at a little bit of a different level. So Nehuda said, what are you asking me the proper nusra for Hushayim Yichud? You should have asked me whether or not you could say Hushayim Yichud in the first place. He said, I'm against the whole thing. This is a sickness of our generation. Now, again, 
Uh, he's so opposed to the Shem Yichud. He understood the Shem Yichud was coming at the expense of other things. People were focused, uh, making the Tafel, the Iker, and the Iker, the Tafel. So he fights over here. <coughs> he said, no one ever said this before. It's not true. We saw it in the Meishat Sachma. We saw it in the Ariyah Kodesh. Everyone followed the Halacha. You know, Medatik Kekal B'Kamu. Okay, he talks about the greatness of following halacha. They're forgetting about the particulars, the details of halacha. They're forgetting about the babi v'yushalmi. They're carving out for themselves their own pits. They think that they're so holy. Everyone's saying, I'm having Nevoah, I'm having Ruach HaKadosh. Ubavuri gets on a podcast, I had Ruach HaKadosh, and Gile Elio, and then Ashram, and India. These are the people that are destroying the generation. Then he writes, This is when rabbis get poetic, it's dangerous. The Pesach can say for Hosea, V'tzadikim Yechubam, now, the Pasuk is, <laughs> the sinners will stumble upon them. He switched it for, <laughs> so there is a story that goes along with it. It's quoted in the Sefer in Hagi Yisrael by uh, Daniel Sperber. But it, that the, some say that in the subsequent printings of the Noid Behuda, and there was a Chassid who was in charge of the printing in that uh, part of the world, and part of Europe, so they changed the Girsa of the Pasuk back. To to minimize the open attack against the Chesidim. And they, the way the story goes is when the Noid Yehuda saw that, Noid Yehuda said like this, he said, I turned the Chesidim, uh, I turned the, huh? I turned the Pashim into Chesidim, they turned the Chesidim into Pashim. That wasn't me who turned the Chesidim into Pashim. Yeah, very good. Anyway, I get to my, so it's pretty strong language the Noid Yehuda has because people were, you know, being typhus as a Manichim. Uh, but then he goes on to address the, the, you know, the, the primary thrust of the issue, and he doesn't think that it's necessary. He doesn't think you need to say L'shem Yichud. A, when you perform a mitzvah, you know, it probably is a kind of stamal Now that, that makes more sense according to view the mitzvah's ain't kavana than view the mitzvah's shrikas kavana. But then he argues very convincingly, that's the whole purpose of making a bracha beforehand. That's the role of what a bracha is. The role of making a bracha before a mitzvah is to harness your machshavas to perform the mitzvah with the proper intent. In fact, the ritva already says this in his comments from the Gemara of Sachim. Um, the Gemara here talks about it in the context of Bedikas Chametz that you have to make a bracha over Lasiyasin right before you begin to do the mitzvah. And the Ritzvah explains why is it that we're supposed to make a bracha right before you do a mitzvah. The whole purpose of making a bracha before is in order to harness your machshavas and to do the mitzvah with the proper machshavah. However, the Aruch HaShulchan, the Neid Behuda himself, huh? Ah, excellent. So the Neid Behuda himself says, Two lines from the bottom. What if there's no bracha before it? See, even the night of Yehuda, when you were talking about a mitzvah that didn't have a bracha beforehand, like what? Like birch samozin? Like birch samozin? Our bracha says you have a bracha. But you have a bracha. 
But the drinking is the Sure it is. Sure it is. Sure it is. It's it's a birchsam mitzvah too. It's doubling up. People don't. It's like stam. I'm coming here. That's your problem. But you should have him buying the proper thing. But if there is no bracha beforehand, like birchas hamazin. So now we understand. Even the night who himself conceded that when he was talking about a mitzvah, didn't have a bracha beforehand, he would say a kind of hinini muchanu mezuman. So that's why going back. That's why it's more makubo by benching. To say Rabbi Sinavarch, Rabbi Sinavam benching, because there the Arachashokan himself already knows there's no bracha before benching. So the, the benching is the bracha, is the mitzvah. So that's why it was a little bit more makubal. There, the Night of Yehuda here argues against democratizing, you know, this kind of shame. You, could, you don't need to do it. It's gratuitous because usually you have, usually you have uh, it's redundant. Usually you have the bracha, and that's exactly the role of the bracha. And by the way, the Ariya Kodesh himself in the Sefer Likutim. Writes over here, What's the role of the bracha? Because when you do a mitzvah, you want to bring together all three at least obvious parts of a person's neshama. There's five levels too, but a little bit more in the recesses. But the three obvious ones are the nefesh, ruach, neshama, which correspond roughly to activity, speech, and thought. Um, you want to bring all three aspects together to kind of bridge, you know, with a person's soul through those obvious parts of the neshama, nefesh, ruach, neshama, by doing so through Maisa, Dibra, Mashava, says that we accomplish that through the Maisa, through the Dibra of the Bracha, and through the Mashava, the Kavana that that is supposed to evoke. So the, the, the Ariya Kodesh seems to subscribe to the same idea as the Neid Vihuda. But the Neid Vihuda really, you know, kind of uh, dug in on this issue. So much shown the Chuba Mayava, that was one of his main Talmidim. He writes there that the Neid Vihuda used to have a fancy Esrig in town. Around uh, Sukkot's time, everyone used to want to shake the Esrig of the Neid Vihuda. So finally, he was happy to end other people use the Esrig, I presume, after he did it. So um, one guy came to borrow the Esrig, and he started saying he rotsin. So you know, the saw him saying the Yerushim, he took the Yerushim, he snatched it out of his hand and said, not with my Yerushim. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that's pretty intense. Anyway, that's the, what they say from the Yerushim. The Chavos, it wasn't only the Yerushim, though. The Chavos Yoyer over here, Oisir Ches, also was opposed to it, but for a slightly different reason. The Chavos Yoyer says, someone came to me to ask me for the Kavanas of the Yerushim Yichud, and I told him I don't know. And he said, the Chavos Yoyer expresses his frustration. They thought I was playing games with them. He said, I don't know. The Chavos Yoyer writes over here. He says, He says, the whole thing is just for, you know, people are functioning at a different level, even than himself. Shegam ani eneni meven, toichen dibor dvarim elu v'inyanam v'chein emes. And that's the truth. He says, even the people today who are chirping about the kavanas of the Ariya Kodesh, they, they, they themselves don't understand it. So there's actually a truth in the Divrei Yatsev, that's a Kleisenberger. Kleisenberger quotes there also from his father, who was the Rindikarov. That's the original Rindikarov, the grandson of the Divrei Chaim. Tzvi Hirsch Halberstam. He's the Rav in Rudnik. So it's a, he, he quoted in the name of the Divrei Chaim. So the, the Divrei Yatsev, that's the Kleisenberger heard from his father, in the name of the Divrei Chaim, that the Divrei Chaim was also opposed to saying Hashem Yichud, that's well known. The Divrei Chaim was opposed to it. Yet, why? Because this is not something for the Hamoinam. He didn't, uh, wasn't opposed to it as an institution, but he said most people are not going to understand the Kavanas that are involved, and therefore he was opposed to it. The one who took the other side of the aisle, it wasn't only the Noy de Bihuda, it was Chavis and others too, um, for slightly different reasons than the Neid Behuda. Neid Behuda held it was redundant because of the bracha, others are holding because the kavanas are there, but they, it's hard for most people to access. The Bermaim Chaim, though, Chaim Chernovitz, who was, uh, uh, I think, a Talmud of the. Anyway, whatever. So, uh, a third generation in the Chsidus. So, he wrote a sefer called Shar Hatfila, 
defending the practice of Hashem Yichud, arguing with the Neid Behuda, it's a contemporary of the Neid Behuda, and the whole thing is a kind of tour de force, arguing on behalf of Hashem Yichud, and showing all the sources, how this wasn't a Chesidusha thing, this comes from the Rosh Hashem, comes from the Nebi Kaddish, and bringing all the sources. Unless you think this is only a Chesidusha Indian, I don't know why this kind of breaks out along party line, Chesidim and Snagdim, it, it's really not, because if you find over here, um, in the Drushes of the Nachos David, Rav Asher Weiss collects all these marmakamis. Now, we understand why he's arguing what he's arguing, but it is not a chesidah Indian. he argues. Because look over here, in the dress of the Nachas Dov, the Nachas Dov was one of the main, that was this, uh, the main Talmidim of Chaim uh, Volozhner. Um, the first group of Talmidim in Volozhner. So he writes, oh, of course, we always had the custom of saying, Rishem Yichud, the Shev Shmaitza, who no one would ever, you know, call, accuse of being a chassid. And this Hakdama writes, he also had the custom of Shem Rishem Yichud. Even the Arach HaShulchan writes in Hilchah Sviras HaOimer, it's funny, he only has it in Hilchah Sviras HaOimer, many people add a lot of other things together with Sviras HaOimer. And he writes, and even though they don't necessarily understand all the kavanas of that which you're saying, People are saying it. So HaShulchan himself was acknowledging the fact that people... We're saying these things and these customs were far, you know, more wed- widespread than you might have imagined. What's interesting, though, is the Neid Behuda. This is fascinating. Rav Asher Weiss discovered this. In the Drushes of the Neid Behuda, he has Drushes called Avas Tzion. So in the Drushes of the Neid Behuda, Drush Chavhei, Oisyud was always missing. It went from Ois Tes to Ois Yud There was no Ois Yud. Fine. I, it wasn't what I was losing sleep over, but okay. <laughs> Where's Ois Yud? But all right. Anyway, Rav Asher said that a grandson of the Neid Behuda showed him, or some descendant of the Neid Behuda showed him, from the Ksav Yad. It was later published, the Ksav Yad of the uh, Avasiyan, that had the Oisun. What does it say there in the Oisun? Maybe you understand now why it was taken out. But it has another opposition to the Rishem Yichud, where he argues that it's not necessary. Even if there are tikkunim that are happening, which there are, there are tikkunim that are happening every time you perform a mitzvah. You're bridging worlds, and each mitzvah contributes to it in a different way. You don't need to articulate that in order to tap into that kaya. That happens simply by virtue of the fact that you perform the mitzvah, even if you didn't say it. Even if I don't spell it out, that happens when I do the mitzvah. Some people know how each mitzvah bridged the world in somewhat different way. We don't have to say it and have kavanah for it. It happens when you say something is true, it becomes true, and what that means in the I don't have to understand. It happens when Behuda says, even for the other kavanahs, he felt the bracha was good enough for the mitzvah striches kavana side of it, and all the other kavanas. You don't have to spell it out. That it happens. It's something that happens with Megah. The problem is. Yeah, yeah, same, same argument that he has over here. The problem is the nefesh at the end of Shar Aleph, the Ariyah Kodesh in his Hakdama to Shara Mitzvahs. All right, it, it's not true that that and many argue with the Neid Behuda that of course some tikkunim happen as a result of just, you know, performing the mitzvah, the Nefesh HaKhayim, you know, the whole Shar Aleph is uh, an argument on behalf of just performing the mitzvah, you know, um, but he does say, of course, the more kavanah that a person has for the more advanced things that are happening in regards to the mitzvah, the more tikkunim are accomplished. That's how he ends off Shar Aleph, is that Focus on the mitzvah, you know, but the more kavanas that you have, the more you do accomplish it. Yeah, Kaddish makes the same point. So, you know, Yehuda seems to be off base, or at least maybe taking a side that's against the kind of the establishment, that they seem to believe the more that you have kavana, the more tikkunim, the more bridging goes on, and the more, the more you do accomplish. However, it seems to me that perhaps what the Noed Yehuda meant was, is that if you have a certain kind of basic kavana, 
even you know the 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 what happens beyond that, you don't necessarily have to have kavanah for it, because even by the chesedim we find such a thing. The Talmud Yaakov Yosef was the main Talmud, of course, of the Baal Shem Tev. Um, one of the main Talmud of Baal Shem Tev. So in Parshas Vaera, he comments on the Nusach of the Zmiris that uh, we say Vegam on Shabbos Vegam Lachshav Cheshbonis. We don't engage in um, what does the pasuk say? What is it? Huh? No, no. Before that. Yeah. We say, but before that, it's So he says, what is We think it means business. So he says, no, means being being in the pigim of the Levana. That's Chavatzecha Don't get involved in the, the, the different Shemus and the, the Rashash and all that. Not on Shabbos. Not on Shabbos. It's, it's, too, it's too nitty-gritty. It's too nitty-gritty. But here, who are Mutarim? Think about connecting with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That you should do. That you should do. And also to bridge the male side of things, you know, the, the mashpio with the Makabel down here, the spiritual world, physical world. That general Kavana, that's what you should have in mind for. Everything else you're not allowed to have in mind for on Shabbos. So it's not only there, but in the Mar of Hashemesh, also uh, classic Seed, the Shesefer, on Parshas Nitzavim, again on Parshas Akev, also argues for this. He says we shouldn't get involved in the nitty gritty, and that's not what the Baal Shem Tov taught to get involved in the nitty gritty of what exactly. The Ariel Kosher is very busy with this, but how, with different Shemus accomplished and all the different particulars of which, you know, tributary going up to Shemaim it's tapping into, but generally to have in mind to come close to Kaddish Baruch Hu, was something that they could to unite the spiritual, the physical world coming close to the Rebbeinu That was something that they felt a person should have in mind. And the Morav Hashemish himself writes: Once you have in mind that, you open up the relationship there to Hakadosh Baruch The other tikkunim happen memela. The other tikkunim happen memela. So obviously, the greater mikubalim thought that there was something that is accomplished. The Lashem Shvayi Bachlama has a as a way of expressing it. He says. Obviously, it happens by itself, but it's kind of a mitzvah. So he says, it can happen by itself, but how much more um, impactful is it if I actually come and I do it myself? I put it in the different places and different compartments that the mitzvah is supposed to go in and bridging the two worlds. So that's what Shlomo claims there is something that is accomplished by it, but if a person just has general kavanah to come close, not just to fulfill the mitzvah, not just to fulfill the mitzvah, that's mitzvah shrikas kavanah, but what they intended to accomplish by that is to build a relationship with the Kaddish Baruch Hu between the physical world and the spiritual world, and then the particulars of how that occurs wasn't necessarily as important to them, but that they felt was important to articulate. The more you say it, the more you have it in mind, and that's why they felt that this was something that was um, that was important. That goes just beyond the mitzvah, you know, the bracha. The bracha is, um, yes, I'm serving Kaddish Baruch Hu here, it's liyachid, uh, they felt there was something more that was accomplished. Huh? He's very passionate about something that really doesn't deserve Yeah, because uh, the Shemir HaMitzvah was weak as a result of the no, dawn. No, because they were focusing on that. They were using it as a substitute for shaking Lua properly, for davening on time. So that's, that's what the Nefshachayim was concerned about. No, because like, you, know, you pointed out that he put the word Hasidim in, you know... Um, he obviously was... Exactly. He was just, was no, he was saying, don't come at 11.30 in Daman Shachos with your Hashem Yichutz. That's what he was saying. That, that was his argument. That's clear. Yeah. He's obviously... Right. Anyway, uh, <laughs> the general idea... Yeah, <laughs> the general idea was to try and come close to Kaddish Baruch Even the Bear Ma'am Chaim, I think that's all he meant. I think we once mentioned the Bear Ma'am Chaim as a fantastic marshal to three people, seven kind of people who approach Tefillah. He has this in his... Passionate defense of Hashem Yichud in the Shara Tefillah. He argues that the three kinds of people come to, to Tefillah, and he compares the three kinds of people come to visit, let's say, uh, you know, a palace of a king. Some people come to enjoy the meal. You go to the White House, you get a fancy meal. They, you know, the chefs, I don't know where they're bringing the food from. 
And the people come to enjoy the meal. You come to the palace of the king, and there's a fancy spread of a whole smorgasbord. So great. And, he said, and some people come, though, now nah, they're not interested in the food. They have food at home, and the food is not what interests them, but they come to look at the beautiful designs, the architecture, the tapestries, the, you know, the different things that, that you find in the, in the, in the palace. And a third group of people just comes to meet the king. They just come to meet the president, and then after that, they're leaving. So, Lahavdil, Lahavdil. So, to says, Bear Mayim three different kinds of people come to Tefillah. Some kind of people come to Tefillah to get the things that they want, to get the things that they need. That's like the guy who comes to eat. Some people come to look at the beautiful Shemus and how we can bridge worlds. And that's what they're focused on. That's like looking at the tapestries and the architecture. Look how beautiful the Bria is that Kaddish Baruch Hu created in the spiritual world and the physical world, how they parallel each other. Then the third group of people just come to connect to Kaddish Baruch Hu. They just come to meet, you know, the, the, the dignitary. And that's what a person, you know, that's obviously uh, perhaps the, the beginning of it. And that's what they felt they accomplished with this L'Shem Yichud. Uh, What's fascinating is, with this we'll close, the Mr. Brewer only brings the topic, it doesn't really address the issue. Mr. Brewer was wise. He stayed away from controversial issues. He never talks about machine matzahs, even though it was a raging machlekes in his time. Mr. Brewer was, uh, stayed away from machlekes. It's a good, good, good model. But anyway, over here, the Mr. Brewer writes, and only in Ochus Pesach, why does he only bring it here? Fascinating that he only brings it here. Huh? Yeah, but Hareini Mukhan Mazuman is the Sikhil with the Shleim Yichud. It's similar, but anyway. Yeah, a big difference. Okay, okay, okay. But why does he only bring it here in Hilchus Pesach? So Vashawai says a great var. You can take it or leave it. And he says that was the practice of the Kleisenberger too. The Kleisenberger only did it on Pesach. Why only on Pesach? Because he felt if you do it the whole year long, everyone watches you do it. And then all of a sudden the Hamoyin Am starts doing it. They don't necessarily have a shaykh to this. They don't know what they're saying and they're fooling themselves in terms of what they're thinking. And then they might come to cut corners in other areas, whatever. Whatever the Tekoas, you know, exist. However, on Pesach, you're observing it only in your privacy of your own home. You want to do it in your own home. You're holding by this Madrega. Good. Do it in your own home, in the privacy of your own home. But not necessarily to do it in public. Oh, interesting, interesting shot. And that's perhaps why the Mishnah Brewer only brought it over here in Hilchus Pesach. That's why it receives more attention in Hilchus Pesach. So many nights, the mitzvahs on the night of the Seder, many people get involved in this. Either way, whatever a person's custom is, L'Shem Yichud, no L'Shem Yichud, I think we understand where they're both coming from. We will vow to your father and sleep with the Shemaim, a person should have come on up.